everybody welcome to another episode of lem me no i'm your host angel lem today i'm sitting with alejandra quiroz she's a podcast producer she's a photographer and video videographer coming straight from wilmington california yeah. so it, it's funny because i didn't even know she was from wilmington i i find out in the middle of the episode but yeah 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 so today like i said we're gonna be sitting down with alejandra and we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna get to know her, how she got into photography. We're gonna talk about her podcast, and she also offers a scholarship. So we're gonna talk about the her, her scholarship, the Voices Scholarship. We're gonna we're gonna get to know her. We're gonna get to know more about the scholarship. So if you or anybody you know could benefit from her scholarship, there are some requirements. So make sure you go check out her website in order to find out what those are. So. You know, I, I really commend her. Like, hopefully this podcast is able to do something like that. I really would love to do something to help out my community and, you know, people that need it. So let, let's see. Five years is coming up. Maybe we'll do something for our five year anniversary. You can find all that information at Centro American Voices. Look up C-E-N-T-A-M-V-O-I-C-S podcast, the Centro American Voices podcast. And there you can find all the information you need. And also make sure you go follow her her personal account. That's A-A-L-Q-U-I-R-O-Z. And if that's not enough, man, she's super busy. You can find her videography account at L-I-D-V-T-H-S-P-H-O-T-O. So yeah, super talented, super busy. Hopefully you guys could go hook her up with a review on her podcast. And, you know, and if you know somebody that could benefit from her scholarship, somebody that's graduating this year, somebody that's already in school, to tell you the truth, I don't know about the whole details of it. If you want more information, like I said, make sure you go follow her at her podcast. That That's on her podcast account because that's where all the information is. And this, this scholarship is through her podcast. So... Again, you know, I want to do something similar. So she's inspired me to maybe, maybe in like our anniversary is in May, maybe in June, we could do something similar. All right. I don't know if it's going to be as much as she's offering, but anything helps, right? At, at that point, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, gas money right now. You know, gas, gas is expensive. And if these people are living at home and going to like Santa Barbara, you know, like that ride. You know, like going home and then 
I don't know. Santa Barbara is pretty far. I don't. I doubt somebody's going that far. But hey, you never know. You never know. People might be going somewhere Riverside, maybe from here, from Wilmington to Riverside. Anyways, I think I'm rambling on a little bit too much. So, so if you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys checking this episode out, and I'm sure you're here to support Alejandro. So. I don't want to take too much time, but I do want you to go follow me at Let Me Know Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you go to iTunes or Spotify and Spotify. Why did I say or and Spotify and look up Let Me Know Pod. And while you're at it, leave a five star review on both. And if you're on iTunes, leave some words on the comment section right there. Tell me what you like about the episode. If you know somebody that could benefit from coming on the on the show, make sure you DM me at Let Me Know Pod. And we'll get them on the show. All right, guys, that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys are having a great week. Make sure you go leave a fresh review on her podcast. That way we could both benefit from you listening, right? And if you are not up to date, what's going on in Central America? Yeah, I think this is a great podcast for you to check out and be more informed. And I don't know, she just sounds like a great person. So make sure you go support her and on all the endeavors, you know, everything that she does. And, you know, if you're looking for a photographer for your next party, I think we just found it, right? Check out her work at L-I-D-V-E-T-H-S-P-H-O-T-O. That's where you can check out her photography. She has some videos up there. And, but the thing that I want to highlight the most is the scholarship. I want you guys to benefit from it. I guess that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening. And if you listen to her podcast, this song might sound familiar.
right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Let Me Know podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Alejandra Quiroz. She's the creator of Lids, uh, Lids Lens Photography and the host of Central American Voices. Um, welcome. Welcome, Alejandra. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here on your podcast. It's such an honor. Uh, well, the honor is mine. You're agreeing to come on. Let us get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, as you said, like my name is Alejandra Quiroz. I was born and raised in Honduras, specifically in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. I moved to the United States when I was 14. I graduated from Costa Nordrich uh, with a BA in Cinema and Television and Central American Arts. Um, so a little bit more about myself like you said i am the host of central american voices podcast and i also free i'm a freelance photographer here in la so most of my work especially when we talk central american voices i started the podcast at the end of my uh senior year because as a latina here and as a central american i felt like there wasn't much spaces for me to feel like welcoming right like the latino community is so big here that sometimes like i feel we put in the whole thing of being general um so there's some things that like i might not like relate to like the south american culture or like most of the mexican culture so i started with um the central american voices as a place where we can share just our stories um so i started with my friend susan uh susan garcia and um on march 2020 <laughs> so like at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> so i call it like it's like a pandemic baby for <laughs> for me the podcast um so yeah so i focus there more like about sharing stories uh getting to know people there's amazing people doing amazing work here and also focusing on the community helping as much as we can as uh or countries are still you know they're still under a lot of like corruption violence so there's a lot of migration coming from over there so uh trying to do the help kind of like do like the bridges to help over there once like we if we have the funds and we can do it and like to spread information about like history up there um and all the stuff and on my other hand i am a photographer that is like my like you know my my job uh i started photography a long time ago but well um it, it's something that i have always enjoyed like you know just it's a little <laughs> yeah well that, that that sounds awesome to tell you the truth um so i you know i i came here when i was nine i came from mexico uh, I, i was born here but i was raised in tj and oh, okay. i, I want to know like I, i really this is something that's been on my mind for a while but i don't know if i i've like found the right person and you know what since you're here let's say you're the right person okay so okay. like something okay. like something that I, like i myself i wanted to be a teacher And because um, mm -hmm. I noticed that once it, it's a very difficult thing coming from like, so, um, for my case, Mexico, for, you, for your case, mm -hmm. like Central America, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to like, to just forget how to write or like, or like, no, it's like the English language is so difficult to like speak it and like, you know, there, 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 there's like different ways to write in the same word. Mm -hmm. and like like when it's like in spanish you know it's easier to like spell and like you know how it sounds for the most part it's really how, how you write it once i was going into high school i imagine that's around the time you came in right like like middle school high school right that's when i noticed a lot of a lot of like people that were in the esl program i don't know were, were you in the esl program as well 
yeah yeah when i was in high school i noticed that there was a lot of people in the excel program that were like quitting or they were just they were frustrated so they were act out and they wouldn't i mean they would just stay there in the same grade or they were leave and i i imagine like well, well that, that's what i saw like what was your, your perspective like did you see that as well because um a lot of people that i went to school with they didn't even graduate you know and and i was lucky enough to leave um the esl program or to graduate from the esl program when i was like in 10th grade Mm-hmm. And like I noticed, like the the teaching is way different when you're in ESL and when you're like in quote unquote regular, you know, English or basic yeah. English. You know, it's much harder. And like, but what was your what was your perspective? Was it the same as mine? Like, I'm curious. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to you first, like my perspective, and in a little bit, I'm going to kind of like show you like the different perspective as of my brother. So I have a younger brother, uh, he's 20 now, but like we are four years apart. So once I graduated high school, he went through high school. So like I, I was able to see both type of um, um, like I was like side of the coin, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I got here, like I said, I was 14. So I came straight to ninth grade. Um, I was at the end of the first semester of ninth grade. Um, I have no idea how to speak English. I can tell you like it was just hello. And how are you? My name is Alejandra. That's it. I have no idea. In Honduras, I was privileged enough to like be able to be in a like private school. And I was like understanding some, like that's why I said like a little bit, but it's not that I was able to have a fully conversation or like understand the whole reading. So for me, when I talk about ESL, it's very important for me to talk. Like I'm I'm not a teacher and I'm very like happy that you come with this question because this is something that I talk very much on my podcast, especially for the education as someone who's an immigrant, because my first day I got there, they put me a quiz, a whole quiz. And I didn't understand nothing. Every single time I went to class, I had a substitute. Nothing bad with that. It's just that I... I didn't know. I, I didn't know how the school system worked here. I didn't know it was a substitute. I just had like, I just knew, oh, every day I have a different teacher, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. uh, so, um, and then like, I, I remember like the first 15 minutes I had to read and then write a paragraph, how I'm going to write a paragraph if I don't know how to, like what, what I'm reading. Yeah. I don't know, like what, what does this even mean? Like you would give me a book and I will read it like for 15 minutes that I, Honestly, and being honest with you, I was just looking to the same paper, trying to figure out what the heck I'm saying, because, you know, I I don't understand the language, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like my first, like, I'll say, like ninth grade, right? Uh, Once I went to 10th grade, I remember, like, they changed it, like, for a different teacher, the person was more like, okay, you need to write a paragraph. And I was like, for me, like a paragraph was four sentence, just like in my mind, I was like, I just need to write a four sentence and I'll be good. But like, no, she like pushed us to write, but like she would let us like understand a little bit more. Um, but the, but then like, I would say like, that's the difference between having an actual teacher than having substitute. And also once I have like in another class, which was English, um, it was like the same book, the same book you just put in a group, sit down here. This is your workbook. Do it. Ask question if you need it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's a lot of people who drop out. Yeah. And I, I can tell you from the four years that I was there since I started, I started like in ESL, only five of us graduated from ESL. Yeah. 
That's sad. And, it, and it's sad, you know, and then this is what I feel. The feel is that we come here and for like different reasons. Some of them migrated alone. Some of them came with their parents. Some of, you know, like it's just different reasons. But the thing is that we're put in the system that does not understand that, first of all, we have trauma. So whatever like type of like migration we get to like experience and second of all the 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 per the the individuals who migrated for themselves they're not coming here to study they need to work so the thing is that even if they try to study for themselves to like okay i need to study the thing is like work and like school it does not does not like match and i met so many people that they had a job and like they were to school and they wanted to graduate but the fact is that you see no progress because nobody is telling you nobody is actually having the time to explain you hey like communicate you know like no because one thing is learning how to read it and another thing how to talk right yeah. because i feel like that's the most hard part how to communicate and then so that's what's like an esl then you go to like the other classes where you're on your own and when you're in esl they put you like in some classes so weird like some extracurricular classes that will not count toward your degree so for me i feel like when i came here i remember like i didn't know what was going on and and this is how i like talking from my personal experience once i went to 10th grade i went to my counselor and i told the person like what do i need to graduate because until this day i still cannot believe i graduated high school or college, graduate college especially like high school in three years and a half after getting here not yeah yeah that's amazing right? like <laughs> I, I commend you for that that's crazy like yeah i like I, I left the program in like mm -hmm. ninth, tenth grade, and yeah, like you, you see that, and yeah, they don't care. Like the the thing that kind of was crazy to me was like you're going to these English classes, these science classes, and for me, like these were ESL um, ESL teachers. Mm -hmm. and then once I went to like quote unquote again regular, like like you know with everybody else, um. It, it, it was like those credits that I had gained they didn't even count I was yeah. like pretty much I had to take uh, algebra 2 again even though I took it in, in middle school and like my English classes was like starting over like they're teaching me nouns pronouns how to write a, mm -hmm. uh, like but I already like I mean I knew this already from like from the year before and it was just crazy that like okay so I'm starting from the bottom even though like like yeah and then like um i think the around the time you probably were you went to the standardized test like it was star you know like when the there's those those um those quizzes that the state sent like like it's for the <laughs> I, yeah those were, like to me like i like I, like the, i'm gonna tell you my experience my first day since you yeah. shared your first day let me share mine okay right, so i had no english i didn't know like me i had like i was raised here but i didn't know english all my cousins speak english they always spoke to me in spanish my aunts my uncles everybody so i come i come in the first day of class i see this tall white man white hair and i was like fuck like how am i gonna speak to this old man and he's like hey what's your name and i'm like i started crying like i don't know english i told him in spanish no español i mean no sé inglés i said oh está bien no te preocupes and that made me so happy to know that like 
oh shit like i'm like that was my first thing of like um you know like don't read a person by or like don't judge a book by its cover like i saw i saw a white man white hair i was like oh i'm not even like i'm screwed like i'm not gonna learn anything and for the first year i didn't know what was going on like i had to repeat fourth grade because like i didn't know english like basically that they told my parents like you know he doesn't know how to speak in and he doesn't know how to write it so but, but yeah continue continue on your story i'm sorry i just wanted to share my oh, no. my first okay it's good because it's, it's good to know because like for example all my substitutes the first time that i had it like they didn't speak spanish if i would have had a person that would have said like something in spanish i would have been like oh, at least i can tell you how i feel right like yeah. i can ask like can i go to the restroom or something because yeah. i was so like afraid and i mean it's like you think about when you were like 14 or something you're still like afraid and especially i got to like that program two like two weeks after i just arrived so like yeah. it was a lot going on in my life um but yeah so once i went to my 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 counselor that i told you i asked her and then she printed out all my transcript and that's when i realized that all my all my things that i have done for a whole year it didn't yeah it didn't count so i was a swimmer until my junior year and i stopped because i had to go after school to get those credits in order for me to graduate and then um then like you know i, I was telling people like hey go to your counselor you know and i don't people don't like sometimes it's what i always say like not everybody like everybody's experience is different like i i met so many people who needed to leave exactly on the dot to take care of their kid of their younger siblings at home so like the whole like this is whole system thing in like yeah, yeah. in high school that it, it it does this obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and one thing I like you said those tests ah like the CST that mm -hmm. Casey mm -hmm. the the whatever ESL test was the TSL I don't know what and the other one all those tests like it was like so frustrating for you because they were like like give you like your result and you know that as much as you try you were not gonna do well like yeah. i repeated the casey math part three times no wait the math part i only did it once the english part three times and when i got that i had i cried so much it was only for one point because wow. i was like i was like emotional it's like so much that you try mm -hmm. and i feel like this is how like just imagine like you like now that i realize for like they say like if I think of, of me when I was 14 and I can go back and tell you like don't worry mm -hmm. like this is not your fault that they're bombarding you with this bunch of like tests when you cannot you you don't understand the language they don't they don't I would say like they don't take the time to teach you slowly in like a more comprehensive way to learn it rather than just put your notebook read it write it that's it I'm going to test you yeah yeah, that's what I, I would like, you know, and then on the perspective that I was telling from my brother, he got out of the ESL and middle school and middle school. So his high school was, you know, yeah, and yeah. like he was able to do all the extracurricular activity. He was able to aprovechar todo lo que tenía ahí. Like, huh. you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, you see like the obstacles that you put for immigrants kids when they come here in high school like it's like they honestly need to work off so yeah. hard for them to graduate 
just because I feel like the ESL system is like a, it's like a hole, and yeah. not every parent can get out. And that yeah. is the sad part because I'm sure most of the the persons that I went to high school with, they would have loved to graduate. It's not that they didn't. It's not that they wasn't capable of. It's just that it was a whole hole that like it's hard to get out. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could I saw that firsthand myself, and like I mentioned, like I. I wanted to be a teacher because of that. I got so close. I was, I got accepted, and then I was like, you know what? I want to do comedy now. So I stopped. <laughs> so I stopped like going. Like I was like, I just needed to take two more years, and I would have graduated, and I already got my, you know. I, and I wanted to teach English, or actually, I didn't want to touch it. I wanted to teach ESL because, mm-hmm. like, I knew that for a lot of people that I went to school with, that was their biggest obstacle. It was like. Like either they tried hard and then they saw that as much as as hard as they tried, they weren't getting anywhere. So they they just decided, you know what? Like why should I even try if I'm not even like I'm not even graduate? It's not that I'm not putting effort. It's just that I it like everything's against me, you know. And that I wanted to be a teacher to to show them like you know like I went through the same thing. Look at me now, like I'm gonna help you. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that you graduate. I'm gonna do my best, but. You know, like, like you said, like there's so many things outside of school that, you know, that you're not in control of. Like like you mentioned, like some of them have kids, some of them you know, have to take care of their whole family. They have to have a job, you know, in high school and stuff. And yeah, you know, it's crazy. I just I mean, I like to, to, to be honest, I think you're like the closest to somebody that I could relate to. You know, I don't think I've had anybody that that has the same experience as me. And I've been like thinking about it a lot lately. I don't know why, maybe because I was going to have you on, maybe like, <laughs> you know, subconscious that I was like, you know, right. like this is something that I could talk to her about. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I just wanted to see what you're, you're, and you know what, congratulations, you know, you graduated, you went to college, like you beat those odds. Like, you know, you were, had a fight, like five, you know, one, one of five, but you know, I mean, how many were you that started, you know, in the ESL program? Yeah. It was, it was a lot. It was like probably like 25. And like, I remember, well, you know, I live here in Wilmington. I don't know if you're related with the area, but here in Wilmington. So mostly. You live in Wilmington? Yeah. I live in Wilmington too. No! Yeah. You went to Banning? Yeah, I went to Banning. Oh Oh my God. Class of (laughs) eight. Yeah, nobody. Hey, you never you should have told me we should have recorded this in person. Well, you said you live in the East Coast or the West Coast. I was like, oh, okay. Well, whatever, you know. I know. Like, I mean, because I, I usually went for, for my podcast. I don't know where they at. So I always yeah, ask. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, right now I live in San Pedro, but I'm originally from okay. Wilmington. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know. Okay. So we went to the same high school. So we're talking yeah. about the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, you know, you know what I'm, exactly what I'm talking about. How bad fucking <laughs> that is, you know. Damn, that's the trip. I didn't know you were from Wilmington. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, okay, that is so crazy. Because yeah, yeah. well, I always, you know, I always say like if someone knows Wilmington, because people are always like, I don't know Wilmington. Yeah, so yeah. I'm always like, okay, it's Long, Beach. Beach. Long Beach, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you're familiar with the area, right? So, does, you know, mostly here is Hispanic community. Yeah, and yeah. I had one um, Filipino in, in ESL. Uh-huh. I only saw him like three times. And I think uh-huh. he left the program. Because wow. like, you know, you're in this in this class where like you have to know English. Yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. know English. 
the only people who speak Spanish, you didn't speak Spanish, you feel isolated. Yeah. And another thing that you were saying, you know, like, um, it's not an obstacle. A lot of people in the ESA program, they're undocumented. So what happened is that you see, oh, well, like I'm going to graduate and I cannot do nothing about it. And the fact is that people don't actually go to this class and say, hey, you can actually go to college. You don't have to have papers. You, there's, there's, you know, resources out there that you can do in order for you to go to college. So there's like, you know, a montón de cosas. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I would say. <laughs> Just like to finish on like the conversation on like why a bunch of people like, I feel like left the program, got out of high school. I feel like it's not because they didn't want it or they they wasn't capable. It's just because a bunch of like obstacles at the end of the day, and you know. Yeah, I would hope they would have got better. Like I graduated in '08, and I would hope they would have got better once I left. And I see no. wasn't such a big difference, you know. No, I, I graduated in 2015. Okay, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I think what. That's good. Almost. So you're in like, you're still. The, you're I was, still, I was, no, I was still in, in Honduras when you must regret Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Well, <laughs> man, that's, that's pretty sad. But hey, I'm glad that your brother was able to get out of it. He went yeah. to the middle or he went to like. Uh, he uh, went to here, Harry Bridges and then he moved to. He went first to the Freeze Avenue. Then he went to Harry Bridges and then he moved to Banning. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well. Hey Bridges is a. I think he was probably one of the first ones because it's a yeah. pretty new school. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, congrats to him. He got to live the life that you wish you would have gotten. Right, a <laughs> right. The the life that I feel like everybody else would love. And also, like something that like we, I mean, like ESL people, they get seen like as like I mean, they are kind of second. You know, they're not citizens sometimes, and they're like undocumented, but they get treated so bad like it's mm-hmm. so sad like it's it's it's, it's, it's a lot of ra- racism like yeah, if you're like in their community we don't accept that there's a lot of colorism and racism but there is and you and i i experienced it firsthand and like when i was a man yeah like, I, it, that was the first time i felt racism i was like but it's sad though like you see a whole mm-hmm. bunch of like hispanic latinos however they identify mm-hmm. And but they're the ones talking shit about like these people. You're like, yo, what the fuck? Like you, you forgot where you come from or something. Like mm-hmm. it's because you're like somehow you're born here. Like you doesn't mean that we're less people. We're still human beings, and you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're try- all trying to like we're all struggling. Like we never get a pimple. We fucking freak out if we're wearing the wrong clothes. Like we freak out. Like we're still like we're still. <laughs> You know, like like yeah. if we're wearing Carson colors instead of Vanny, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, you're still <laughs> trying to root for the pilots at the end of the day. Like you know, they right. forget that, but but yeah, mm-hmm. and and you know what, like I you know, like I said, I commend you. Like it's it's I know how tough it was for me and I, I you know, I had the advantage. I came here when I was like nine, so I was still I was about to like graduate elementary. Mm-hmm. And like that I still had some time to you know, pick up the language and everything, but but yeah, man, I, I just commend you. Like, you graduated high school and then you went to college. You got your degree. And well, well tell me, like, how how did you get into photography? So, well, because, I mean, I have always loved photography. Always. Even when I was little, my mom always told me the story that because, you know, like, old photography, you need to put on, like, a film roll. A roll? Yeah. So what happened is that I would shoot cows on our trips so my mom was like it's too expensive for me to continue putting you in the role 
and you're going to be shooting like sky leaves and everything instead of shooting our family right so um my mom would give me a camera with no roll so for me it was like oh, okay. <laughs> with no pictures at all yeah, yeah. so she always told me the, the story that it's like oh yeah i had to give you one of those because you wouldn't stop taking pictures um so once i moved here i have always loved photography but of course here a camera it was too expensive my mom like it was only me my mom and my brother so like it's nothing that i had another sports house my mom to buy a camera but once i was in senior year i was able to be in the yearbook so i started i was a photographer for the yearbook for like the school events like mostly like the football events and like soccer and all that so uh that's when i was like kind of like got into more where I was like oh my god this is what I like to do uh, I already knew I was gonna study film I already knew that I was like that was what I love to do and like production and art and like creating stuff um but I having a camera my like to actual take pictures like it's just I have always seen that as a hobby so once I moved once I went to college uh, of course, film, it has a relation with photography. I took a bunch of like photography classes. And then after that, I just started shooting my my friends, my family. I had a friend that um, she was like, like kind of like getting to, the, to being a model and everything. So like I was like shooting her and everything. And then like it was like that for four years. Like, oh, can I can you shoot my wedding? Can you do this? Can you do that? But I never knew as a like business, I would say, because it's like, it's what I love to do, you know. I never saw as money. You know? yeah. I don't know, like you know, making money out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until until the pandemic hit, and I was just with one job, and I was like, "How I'm going to pay my loans?" <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, I I think it's time." So I went for it, and so far it's going well. Um, and then I honestly I feel like it's it's very like i don't know how to explain it. like for me to like i told you to capture a picture and then send it to someone and they like they frame it and they're like they're of like oh my god this sometimes it's like the wedding sometimes it's like the kid like the first year of like their kids it's like it's something that it's it seems like easy to say oh yeah like i took the picture but the thing is that that picture means so much to people which is like i don't know it's, it just makes me feel like and have more responsibility every time i go to to a session or anything mm -hmm. yeah but and that's so, how i started mm -hmm. so like right now like what what what's your favorite thing to shoot like what are i know you mentioned you do weddings and you know like your portraits and all this good stuff but like what do you like to like what like in your portfolio what's the thing that you like to highlight the most i guess um so because i feel because i had a lot more of experience with um portrait because of my friend i love taking portrait i love taking pictures of someone that doesn't feel comfortable with themselves because it's like in and this it can be even women or men however they identify but like is the fact that you know it's been talking from a woman perspective a lot of us like feel like like we have self-doubt about our body like our weight the way we look and that's just normal that's just being human you know like if you gain a little points it's just being human so for me it just feel nice for me to be in that person you, that you trust that you feel like okay, I can trust you because I have insecurities and I can capture you and make sure I can, 
as much as I can try to tell you and motivate you to feel beautiful. And once you see the pictures, you're like, oh, I'm beautiful or I'm handsome. Like it's like for me, portraits are like that. It's more like a self-love um, type of like connection when I do portraits. Um, but I also do couples. I love doing couples because they're just like so cute. They're always so like, I'm <laughs> 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 so in love. I love doing engagement in couples. It's just so much. And just like, you know, I have a boyfriend, so I'm always like, ah, they're so cute. <laughs> So, yeah, but I will say like, it, it, you know, families too. But like, if I can pick like the ones that I love the most, it will be like mostly couples and portraits. Like, like a one person of like coming with a concept of like, hey, yeah, I want to do a self-love. Like, you know, I want to go look beautiful. Like, what do you think about this dress? What do you think about this location? Like all the like the whole like planning and then like, until it gets done and like, delivering the pictures like their reaction is just like oh my god I didn't know I looked as well like oh my god I look so beautiful (laughs) so that's that that's the one I'm like "Ah." (laughs) yeah yeah in college like I mean you said you film and tv and like Mm -hmm. so what what else like aside from like pictures do you also do like video editing and all that Mm -hmm. stuff yeah so my 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 boyfriend i mean i graduated with my boyfriend my boyfriend does um we do videography together but i am also a freelance producer so like everything producing from like documentarian documentaries film commercials so like that i just jump on like you know technically here and there from project and project um the i like mostly to be the producer for the um I know people will say like, oh, directing and all that. But for me, producing, it comes with the job of like, I have described it as being the mom, like the little mom of the job, just because I, the producer takes a lot of decisions on the place, like um, not only budget type of perspective, but at the same time, how the crew is treated, how, you know, how many hours they're gonna work, how, what time we're gonna do. And for me, um, as someone like, you know, like I, I'm an immigrant, I'm a person of color, there's people like us get so overworked in, in this industry that for me, be able to make sure my crew it's, it has food there, they have a break, that they can do everything and then, good amount of hours but it's still not overworked that it's not over eight hours like at a like 12 hour shoot let's say for example or something like that for me it's so important for me to know that everything is going to run smoothly and then the the creators which is come like camera audio um actors everything whatever is needed in the team i just want like make sure like they're good like it's just like for me it's like okay like i like it's just like like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's that's how I describe it. I just want to make sure, like, the whole people that is working in the team is good and they're well treated rather than someone else or treating them. I don't know. That's just me. But, yeah. So, yeah, I do freelance producing for that. And then me and my boyfriend do videography here and there. Uh, sometimes with, like, photography. Sometimes, like, people like to have videos for themselves. So, like, I just bring him along. So, like, you have a, a team with you then? Because... I imagine that I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. you and your boyfriend can't really do a whole wedding. You know, I mean, you can, but it'd be pretty <laughs> difficult to like do yeah. the video and the pictures, you know, like, like just to do video mm-hmm. takes like at least two people, you know, to like for spacing yeah. and like, you know, and for photography, it's a whole different thing. Huh? So like you also employ people like this is like a legit, like you got like mm-hmm. a group of people. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I often like, if I cannot go to a photo shoot, I will like, 
because of availability i will contact one of my friends photographers and that person will go for me of course i will pay her yeah. let's say for example a wedding as a wedding wants a video I'll, i would bring my boyfriend and my boyfriend will bring someone that he trusts um if they want a drone we already know how a drone person and i will have to hire a second shooter that's how we call it for like our second photographer uh -huh. so we go as a team <laughs> but it depends right. like you know like you know that's something that we talk with the person um like okay how many photographers would you like like you know this will be the perspective like, would you like uh, this type of video or like this other time so like i said a bunch of things for us to be to make sure like we have the right team um or even someone to help us at least carry like stuff because like you know there's a lot of equipment to be heavy so yeah yeah yeah, yeah and well do you have any like hor horror stories or like like it might not have been your fault or the people's fault it's just like equipment sometimes you know like i have heard a couple people like they they, they charge their batteries and then once they go into the shoot they realize that they didn't really charge their batteries they thought they mm -hmm. charged them or like the memory card sometimes like you, you think you have a fresh memory card and it's full of pictures or video. Like, do you have any stories like that? I mean, I feel like that that story of like having a lot of pictures is so common because I I have done it with like sometimes when I have mini sessions. I often have mini sessions around like holidays. So one time I was just shooting so many mini sessions that my 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 camera memory got full. Ah, and I was just like, oh my God. And like, I didn't have my bag with me. So I was like, I don't have my extra memory. So, but that is on me, you know, like I feel like that falls on me because it's my responsibility to have extra. Uh, but yeah, um, I feel like because of all those horror stories that can, like I have listened to, it's just for me, I always check that my batteries are fully charged. Like I put them in the, in the thing and make sure it's charged. Cause if not, I would just like, I would just, I honestly, if something like that happens, I would honestly go to the store, buy the battery and go straight for it. Because it's like, you know, I, people are trusting you with this. And I, for example, we put a wedding, you you don't have to, you cannot repeat a wedding. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you can, like, for example, if anything happened, you can repeat a photo shoot, or like, you know, but a wedding, you can never have. I can say that you would never, it's just one, one shot and that's it. So like you need to make sure you have extra batteries. If you think you you you're going to use three, take six. Just in yeah. case. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've had a couple of photographers on here, videographers, yeah. and yeah, like that's the most common thing. Like mm -hmm. the, the batteries and the memory cards. Like yes, you know, like sometimes it's like the conditions. You know, like you know, like I mean, they don't cooperate the weather, but for the most part, those are like the, the top two things that, that yeah. people tell me the most. Yeah, but because I, I experienced the one with the memory so many times that I was just like, I was just like in my head, I'm like, why? Like, honestly, like just talking to myself, why Alejandra, why would you do this? You already know, like you need to bring extra. I feel by now I just carry my little bag with extra. Like I, I was like, I don't care as long as I take all these pictures and I'm able to like, you know, cover the whole coverage of succession. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's good just to take your laptop just so you can upload on my <laughs> right. laptop real quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually take my my iPad, okay. my iPad, because I just have the connector and then like, it goes oh. to my Lightroom. But yeah, oh. <laughs> way easier, way easier right there. Uh, what would yeah. you rather shoot a wedding, a wedding, a quinceañera? Like, which is the more difficult, I guess, like out of the, the two? Like, is it a wedding or a quinceañera? Because you still got like you know family coming up to you you got a group of people drunk people still like which was like the right. which one do you find the the most difficult of the two 
look um i feel like but maybe this can be like i don't know i love to dance so for me to photograph something when people are dancing i'm like Especially <laughs> with them, because I would, I want to dance. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like the hard part when people are dancing. I'm like, I want to dance, but I'm doing my job. <laughs> um, so, but I would say, definitely, it's kind of like equal, but I would say a little bit more like a wedding because the bride is always stressed out, mm-hmm. and you need to make sure they're like calm. You know, like you're like you need to make sure, like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need water? Because like they're all focused on is everybody okay but them. Yeah. Plus the you know, like quinceañera, the only difference I would say, even though like the girl can be stressed out, is that the quinceañera se le hicieron sus papas. Yeah. You know, so kind of like the pressure falls more on the dads than on the girl. Yeah. But when it comes to the bride, she's the one planning almost everything. If yeah. she doesn't have it like a wedding planner or something like that so like that would that would say like that's the only difference uh-huh. just because um when when the person you're working with is stressed out it's just like it, it transmits the same stress so you're like oh my god it's like this person stressed out so like i need to be extra careful like to this make sure i have all the details because if not like if i miss something like it's gonna be a mess um but yeah, yeah. drunking drunk people everywhere <laughs> <laughs> drama everywhere family and everything but i feel like uh at this point like i at the beginning i wasn't like i didn't know kind of like how to fully have a connection with like my clients especially with weddings oh like like having the connection of like okay like i'm not just here working for you like you can treat me as your friend um if you need anything i will be here for you because at the end of the day the photographer is the one that's most closely working with the couple um than let's say like the dj or the people who are like doing the food or like the receptionist and everything um other than of course the wedding planner but um i feel like it's just like so many like details that like when working for a wedding like you need to make sure to have and at the same time you need to make sure like they there's a timeline and then for me now that i i go and i have like this I have a, a consultation so I talk with them we go through everything we make sure like if the day it runs smoothly that is like I feel like I have worked better because they feel more relaxed that I know what I'm doing on my end rather than like but did you take the picture but did you take this side <laughs> or like or like the family pictures of the wedding where everybody wants to go around and take pictures <laughs> I feel like that's like for me it's like oh my god <laughs> do you do that you know when like they they, they shine on like on social media a lot is when like like the bibliographer is like taking video when people are like mid like about to take a bite of their food like do you do you do that on purpose like I feel you do that on purpose like people are eating and like no. mid bite like no we don't i don't i I mean i don't feel it's on purpose i just feel like um because we take well i don't know but this is how i see it we need to take as much coverage as we can so once we edit the pic once we edit the video um we don't have anything myself so sometimes we're gonna have like (laughs) people eating Uh but those i feel like it's but uh, you know like it's, it's just a memory you know like you were there you know so let's say like let's say for example i i don't i don't know nobody is but let's say for example um something happened you pass away that will be the only memory of you eating so we're like oh my god 
Con la papada. La papada por la boca bien abierta. Con la salsa por el lado. Hey, that's cold. Like, I would hope you would tell them at least, you know, like, hey, like clean yourself up or something before you start shooting. I mean, you see the camera, like the light. Usually there's a bright yeah, light. Really bright. But yeah, I feel you. Or you just cover yourself. Yeah, yeah. You don't just not far if you don't want to come out but yeah that's what i say it's just that mostly because we have to cover a lot and like make sure like we don't have any details that's like we we don't go home and we're like oh my god we forgot to to like record people eating or like not like it's purposely people eating but like the way like there were food there you know yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so then we were like oh damn <laughs> you know that's why we, we we go and record that and like what's your your writer i guess do you have a writer where like you gotta feed us like we gotta eat you gotta give us food you have to like give us drink like you have like i mean looking out for yourself and for your crew you know like like what are like the highlights that you you put on your writer on like that contract where my contract you know, yeah uh so what i usually do um is that i tell them of course like we are human beings yeah. we need to have a break uh let's say for example it's an eight hours like for example if you if you work in a normal job for eight hours you will have like what an hour break sometimes 30 minutes or like break so um take breaks are like for me of course like i think about what when is good time to take a break Because I'm not gonna take a break when it's like el primero baile, you know, like you know, the, yeah, yeah. The, you're gonna miss the, <laughs> the first dance. Uh, but that's why, I, like, once I create the the timeline and I see, like, okay, there will be a downtime here, or like when people are eating, um, or when, for example, when uh, the couple is eating, or it's a good time for us to sit down and eat, uh, have a play and everything, and then um you know once you know if this is downtime or like let's say for example something's running late there's a good time to at least sit, sit down rest our feet something like that but one of the things that i put always in my contract is that i as you know i i need a break and that my break will usually be take with once once the couple is eating for the fact because i am here to photograph the couple of course the experience of the family but once they're eating i'm not going to be photographing them or like taking pictures or like you know like taking here and there so once they're eating that's my good time to take my actual break where i can eat i can rest everything make sure like put my baterias a cargar just in case like you know and i always ask if i can have like um if i'm If we're like two, let's say in the team, I just request like if I can have at least three three tables just because I need to put my cameras in one, making sure like they're not on the floor or anything. Um yeah. that's it, like you know, like I go through that and then I actually tell them also like in consultation before that. It's like just make sure like I would like to have like just to understand that I, I need a break, I need to have this and like you know, I always carry a water bottle just in case because we get thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know but um yeah that, that is something that i do communicate with them and i do stay there in my contract just because it's just you know it's, it's work so and no i'm not gonna work eight hours straight and i'll like, be able to eat <laughs> no yeah I, it's understandable like we all need to eat um but mm -hmm. do you do that move where like 
you carry like the mobile printer like you take pictures of people you go print out real quick and then you go to the tables <laughs> like hey look like three for five you know i'll sell you no two. no, no. That's, you know what like that that's a smart move like yeah that's a smart move like, <laughs> i went to my like my best friend's wedding and the, mm -hmm. the people taking pictures like they took a picture like two pictures with me and my girl and they're like look look at the pictures mm -hmm. like like give us ten dollars for both of them we're like all right whatever because you know like you also want to marry yourself <laughs> and if you're carrying like professional mm -hmm. cameras like they look really good and you tell us how to pose so you get a good side so like the to, to, like you know papa that won't show <laughs> and, you know, like guts not on you know you, you hide it on your back or something you know but like <laughs> like you don't do that no, I don't do that because um, I don't know, like it, it just I personally, I feel like sometimes when that type of, you know, for example, when I would have that time, it will be when people are eating and like I wouldn't like to disturb them. Uh, like I said, it's just like mainly like if we do video, let's say, for example, we do video and we need to take um, footage of that uh, at that time. Yeah, of course, so we will go around there, take a video. Sorry that you're eating. I'm sorry, you know, but because of the time like, I ever have to go, like it's just, you know, making them like, you know, you're eating, tus tacos. I don't know, like whatever food it is, like yeah. I don't want to be like, hey, can I take a picture? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I just feel that's why when I when I do family pictures, I like that like, you go around. It depends on the on the couple if they want to go around or we say like oh we take the dj a tell everybody that if they want a picture with a couple i will be in this section and like i'm just there shooting with it which for me that would be easier than like going around yeah. um yeah. yeah you know so yeah so that's the only reason why i don't do it because that will be mostly on the time or am i on break like not break but am i eating or they're eating and that will be disturbing you know people's space yeah mm -hmm. all right that makes sense but you know, if you ever want to make some extra money, that's an idea. <laughs> right. But no, yeah. But I have been to weddings. Yeah, I have, I, have been, I, have, I have been to weddings that they do that. Yeah, you could take your own backgrounds and stuff. And, like, what do you want? You want to be in the, in, at, the, the, at the beach? Do you want to be in the forest? You know? <laughs> like the, I, green, the green screen? Yeah, the green yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, tell me about your podcast. Tell me about Central America Voices. Um, Tell me, you said you mentioned that you started this during the pandemic, right? Or mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah, the beginning. Yeah. So I mean, you you haven't had the like, have you had the chance to interview people face to face? No, wow. but I wish one day I can do it soon. Um, the thing is that that's one of my dreams to be able to interview final people face to face. Yeah, so one that's one of my dreams is to have episode like face to face, um, because I would love to. You know, I'm, I, I consider myself a people person, so I love to meet people. I love to talk to people. I didn't get that. Could you try again? No, I'm sorry. Nobody's talking to you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so the podcast started like on March 2020, the 1st of March 2020. And um, so then, of course, 15 days later, it was the whole lockdown happened so technically it's just started of the pandemic uh, like i told you it started i the my idea i started back in 2018 
19 like i feel like when i was graduating uh like finishing my thesis uh it was because i felt like i wasn't doing much for my community like i told you like i did want to film and the, my whole motivation to study film and to go to media was because to change the perspective of what people say when it comes to my country so i consider myself more like a documentarian producer uh for that sense because i hate it when people would tell me oh where are you from and i said like honduras and they would say like oh the most corrupt country in the world like really like that's so dangerous like it's like it just boils my <laughs> my blood because like my country is so beautiful and it has so much beauty so much history um so much nature that i peep i wish people would know like if they can go past because every country has violence every country has corruption every yeah. country has that you know of course there's some are more put like in the media so it's funny because i went to study like film and media because of that but i will criticize media i, I hope that makes sense yeah. um it's because like it's just um all those type of comments that people put and like you know articles like whatever like uh, or like news that they write with those big headlines saying oh like honduras or like mexico or like corruption violence gangs cartels like those put a lot of emphasis when it comes to us you know how they see us how they see it like we we're being perceived as dangerous when we're being perceived uh, like criminals that's how we're perceived so that's why i want to study film and that's why like i i had a double major with central american studies because even though i'm central american myself i wanted to know more uh from not only the perspective from my country but both the perspective of the u.s because there's a lot of connection between the u.s and central america um but then i'll go on the more political part so let's not go there <laughs> oh, oh. but uh, <laughs> yeah well tell me the the type of guests they bring on so yeah so because you know like i said like that was everything um once i started the podcast i felt like that was for me to do more right because for me let's say let's say for example i i i i'm i'm currently filming a documentary but it, it would take years for me to finish it for that makes that make sense rather than talking with someone who has knowledge in something and i can put it up and people have the accessibility to listen to it right so guests that i have on my podcast are mostly either teachers uh from like to have central makeup background uh, a lot of authors so like people who write books um like in in the sense mostly from the central american perspective um i think i have some right here that like i have interview um then we have people like in the community like activists we have people who are like in different type of fields like journalism music um people who are like as well as me like we study film and our or things is mostly connected to central american community um like journalism over there like in central america we try to have uh people who have you see like part of museums um but it's it's like it's different like i feel like every single guest is different depending of the country just and i'll tell you why um because you know like 
Central America is like we're, we're seven countries. They're all fully diverse. But if I can give you an example, for example, for Nicaragua, it's very difficult for me to have an episode every time because of the situation in Nicaragua. So I had one time a guest that we were having a whole conversation. But once the guest was, you know, of course, the, the episode was live, I had to cover certain portions of the, the video because oh. i do put the video on on youtube okay. i mean i need to kind of update just because of the type of um president there's in, in nicaragua and there's a lot of persecution so that's why i said like it it, it changed like it depends it, you need to be very sensitive when it comes to i would say like nicaragua mainly but in general just because of the type of governance we have in central america but um yeah mostly it does our, our guests i do for for me central american voices anyone like if if like so like if you're central america you want to share your experience just as an immigrant um and at this moment you're like let's say high school student, i will not stop you from that because for me it's for make sure like we listen to your experience as central american central we have it was called interview central americans in exile whether in spain or over over there like other in Europe um, because Central Americans not only migrate to here, they migrate to Costa Rica, they migrate to uh, other parts of the world. So like their experience as a diaspora, the experience as an immigrant, uh, the work that they do in their communities, the work that they do back home, um, nonprofits and everything. So it's like a whole diverse community um, that I'm always like opening the doors to everyone who like, you know, identifies Central American or does a job for Central American communities to come to the podcast and like we can chat. <laughs> and like how do you how do you connect with them though? Cause like I I don't like most of the people that have it on, like mm-hmm. I mean if not all, but I, mean, I think all everybody that have had it on has been from the US. Mm-hmm. And you mean you just said you have people from Nicaragua, like mm-hmm. Spain, like how do you make these connections? Like is it from college, just like people you know, stuff like that? So mostly, you know, it's like social media, of course, like a local connection. I have a good friend, uh, she's Nicaraguan, she's a Nicaraguan activist. So when it comes to Nicaragua, like I said, it's a very um I was sensitive just because of media over there. Um and like, you know, especially let's say for someone that is living currently over there. Um she will say like, hey, I would like to recommend this guest for you. And then I will contact them. Yeah, right. So it would be like, oh, like there's, I have so many. And also on my website, I have an option here for like to recommend a guest. So people like who listen to Red Podcast can recommend a guest and I contact them and then we, we put it together and then we have, you know, we, we can talk about it. Um, other will be uh, also connectionless so like I met one friend and then like I I saw this as a personal like even like when people when people share stories for example like on, on Instagram like let's say you share like a page or something about something and I go there and like I like your 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 work and then you're Central American or you do any work related to Central America like I will follow you and I will follow your work and then once I you know I feel like I'm fully knowledgeable for me to have a fully conversation because I'm not gonna <laughs> and like talk out of nowhere um i would you know like of course i would go and like um contact you i have a lot of people who contact me because of films related to central america uh i actually have one that i have to go for like um a film festival it's like a documentary about like a salvadoran uh who i think was killed over there in washington dc oh. so like i i talked with the directors and then and like i told them okay i will watch the film first i of course made my my dots and then we can talk about it and then that way you know not only because at the end of the day i not only want to talk to them to like oh my god bring the knowledge to my page but of course help 
you know, those independent filmmakers, writers, and independent work activists and everything to share the work, to know the, the community, to know that there's other people doing the work uh, and doing all this amazing stuff for them to support. Mm-hmm. And so like overall, like, what is your goal? Like, what do you hope to accomplish through your podcast and like your work, you know, in general? So for me, for that podcast, I feel like it's, it's for me, it's uniting the Central American community. And I say uniting because as much as we love our Central American culture, as much as we love to say, oh, yes, we're fun. We are very like, como se puede decir, um, divided. And the fact is that it's not because we would love to be like that. It's not. It's just because of things that have happened in the past you know what i mean um they're like our region have been through civil wars it have been to kudas it have been to imperialism it have been for so many that we migrate and in in it's so like that's what that's why i said like a lot of uh, like the the talks that i have I, it does include include a lot of Im, uh, immigration a lot of politics because for, for us to unite it's kind of like to come back and realize damn like i'm let's say for example i'm all the all the way in spain but what was my reason migrating oh because i protested against a dictator like for example like that or i protested against like this like this this uh president so you you feel alone over there even though like there's a bunch of central americans over there how would you know where to find it how would you know where to advocate for your rights even though like you're outside of your homeland because being outside as an immigrant you still have rights like there's a right for you to migrate you know people don't see it like that but there's a right to migrate you know it's that it shouldn't be called illegal migration you know but um so like that is my whole goal for me is for everyone to come to the podcast to share the stories that way we continue to share to listen to us to make spaces for us to you know like for example schools for to support back home because like the central american community that is in the diaspora so like that once migrated they're the ones who are like mostly running the economy back home you know with a lot of like remesas so all that and like how can we stay connected with the news or in central america but the same the news where i live and how can i stay connected with the people here that we can all support each other not only as in like for example here in the united states here in the united states but i can support everyone like or as much as i can in central america so that's 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 my whole goal to like it I mean, I cannot say like one day I'm gonna be like, oh my God, we finally all united. It's like, oh, we, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that, you know, but as long for me, as long as someone feel like, oh my God, thank you. I didn't know this happened in my country. Oh, thank you for sharing this person. Like I didn't know. And I went to contact them and like I had a conversation or like things like that, because we also caught up with work and everything that sometimes I feel like it, or like so much amazing people go like unnoticed. Yeah, well, and I think you're like an outlet, like, uh, like you know, the news covers so much, and they really hide a lot, you know, and and I think oh, like yeah. your your podcast shines a light, of, you know, you bring everyday people, you know, like people, normal people, I guess, starting in the media, but they're able to share the story firsthand of what's going on, you know, like like there's people in the ground that aren't gonna sugarcoat it, that aren't trying to 
they don't have an agenda. They're not trying to make money off of it. They're just trying to tell the story and trying to tell the truth. And I think, yeah, like your podcast yeah. does shine the light and you do bring out people that could talk about like things that are really going on in the country that might, they might not know. Like we're all, we're here so busy that sometimes we don't bother looking at the news and, you know, your podcast does provide that out, mm-hmm. you know, for people like to understand mm-hmm. what's really going on in the world. So that's cool. Um, yeah. So like, um, tell us about the voice scholarship. Oh, I'm a new baby. Sorry, I get so excited <laughs> <laughs> uh, because um, one of the things that for me, uh, as I, I told you, my whole goal is to unite in the the Central American community. Uh, for me, if I can tell you personally, one of the biggest issues in Central America is a lot. Of lack of access to education because yeah there's public education but the thing is that for example like just a little example um you can be in university a public university a specific coming from the perspective of my country honduras and no vas a ir a clases porque se hubo un paro and that's it yeah there's going to university over there it takes like years mm-hmm. years just because there's a lot of like huelgas there's a lot of paros so um, for me, Voice and Scholarship, I see it as something that I have always wanted to do is to support the education, um, not only in, here in the United States, but over back in back home, which is Central America. Uh, but however, we just started this year uh, here in the United States. So again, because there's some amazing people doing the job right now, a lot of activist writers and everything, we all started at some point, like we said, in high school and college. And I just remember when I was in college, I was in high school, I didn't have how to support, how to buy my book or how to do anything. So Voices Scholarship is a, is a community funded scholarship. So like most of our funds are donations that people have donated to us. Uh, I do raffles uh, sometimes for merch and then or merch 50% goes to support the scholarship and then 50% of the profit goes to support that podcast just for me to pay the whole, <laughs> you know, what it takes to have a podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's what like the, like how it's funded this voices a scholarship. So this year we were able to raise $400 so that we are giving one $400 scholarship uh, to one, either a high school senior or any on the, it's having, they're studying their bachelor's degree here in the United States, as long as they identify as Central Americas, because for us, and I say us, because I do have a team for like, for me to help me decide for the scholarship program uh, for us is for is to keep supporting that right mm-hmm. i one of the person on my team is a really good friend of mine that i met years ago and like it's funny because she lives so close to me <laughs> and then like, i met her because i call her la, la, like she was a pioneer so like la pionera she was the first page in instagram that i followed that was central american and I felt so ident- like identified with the page, so identified. It's like, like oh my God, the culture, like the experience, like you know what I mean. So for us to continue supporting that and be able to support like anything, you know, yeah, it's just like it's not small, like for hundred dollars, but it's I still small to compare to like people who can give more. But it's is what we were able to raise with the community to support at least one person um, that can continue their studies here and for us to continue supporting the Central Americans because there's like so many, so, so many people like, like in different fields that like 
it's just amazing to hear the story that if, of course if it's youtube i don't yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know so that's what voice scholarship is um eventually my whole goal is to continue doing it every year so the scholarship uh, you saw it just the application opened on march 1st that was our celebration our second year on the podcast so that was like a celebration for me to like we like we just met like our second year in the podcast but i want to get back to the community um the community that like support us like endlessly and everything and also because the trust you know like i say this so many like the trust that the community have put on me is like it's like i thank them so much when the hurricanes for eta yota happened i didn't know how to support like more than two million people were left with no homes over there and like oh like honduras and nicaragua after the two hurricanes passed and they trusted me with their donations for me to have like my like you know my friends and like i call my friends but you know but like the team that we decided what organization we were gonna send to support um so those same people continue to support this podcast through merch through donations through sharing through you know whatever it is that it, it doesn't go unnoticed and that's how voices came to reality and yeah so like now it's an, it's an actual thing it's open for everyone who wants to apply it's going to be open all the way to the end of of march um for central who people who identify as central america and then for the future we hope to continue having the scholarship uh we hope to grow the scholarship not only that amount but how many we can give and then uh once we have the funds of course and the means we would like to support education over there in central america um because that's uh, the like um education over there is so like i it's not like it's limited it's just that it's hard you know like especially like what we just went through a whole zoom era of education and a bunch of them don't have internet or computer so like oh. there's a bunch of like you know like people that don't have easy access to that that we would love to support back but of course like we can just do as much as we can so we go slowly slowly of course our goal for voices scholarship is not only scholarship but also voices fund for educational funding uh for here in the united states and like over there in central america i mean that that's awesome that i mean 400 is a lot like it's mm -hmm. not nothing like that's a book you could they if you go to school here that's a book i mean that's rent for some you know some college students yeah that, that could be rent that's you know gas in their car um that gas prices i mean especially <laughs> exactly yeah like that that's i mean it's not nothing you know mm -hmm. 400 books is a lot and so do, do you make them out of essay essay like is it like a prompt like or they just like write an email to you saying i want it and that's it <laughs> no uh we have an application uh there is seven uh let me let me actually redo the questions uh we have seven questions in total um they're very simple um it's just straightforward as i when when i was making the scholarship in the questions i thought about when i was the one in college when when i was the one applying you know how like sometimes you don't want to write a two-page hit like paper you know what i mean like you don't want to be because it's not it's not you know you're not gonna be like oh blah, 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 for two pages you just want to be straightforward i just want to be like to know just straightforward are like the little seven pages like seven seven questions imagine seven pages <laughs> uh, so 
yeah so just the normal like you know name um pronouns if you like you know if you identify uh he, she he or they um uh, one of the most important part is of course like if you identify as central america and then if it's optional if they can would like to put if they're they identify specifically like for example i was put uh okay identify as intern um so many people will put other thing uh gpa um I added it here just because we were discussing with the team, but it's not very, it's not like I'm gonna like super see important. the GPA. Yeah, um, just because for me, the GPA will not define me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a bunch yeah. of like, we just talk, there's a bunch of obstacles that can, you know, we just went to a whole hardship of like two years, it's still pandemic, but I, I'm not gonna put like, oh my God, you have a 2.5 GPA, why? Well, you just had the whole school through Zoom, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that um, the other thing is that just um, is open for high school seniors and like from freshman to senior for college, it's only open for bachelor degree. I I wish I could like have the funds to do for master because I had some question for that, but I couldn't. And then like the other ones are like just basic, like where are they going, where they're planning to go, uh, what major, like if they can tell us a little bit about their self, uh, what does being central means to them, what their career goals, if they have any obstacles and how they overcome it, and like what would the scholarship voices will mean to them. It's just very straightforward. Um, just a couple of questions, make sure we get to know them and like a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. Well, for anybody that's listening that does identify Central American, I mean, take advantage, free money. You're, I mean, you, I'm sure you have brothers, sisters, cousins, nephews, a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and you know, somebody in your life that could benefit from, you know, yeah. the scholarship. And, you know, like I mentioned, 400 bucks is 400 bucks. You know, you, you can't like, you, you can't down, just because it's not a million or a thousand, you know, like, now this like, she's coming up with like the money herself. She's not a big corporation. You know, this is, people donating like take advantage of this i remember when i was going to school like i didn't want to write those questions and sometimes it was just answer a couple questions and that's it you would get the money but you know it, it's sad how how there's free money out here in the world and we don't take advantage of it just because we're too lazy so don't be like me learn from my mistakes learn from me and take advantage you know take advantage of this opportunity because stuff like this doesn't come out that easy you know like and at the end of the day she's trying to help out some people and you know you already know that's my my whole goal my whole goal in life is to help out people so if i could help somebody one of you just through her then i do what i'm supposed to do right <laughs> well uh, yeah well no sorry can i say just one thing i'm sorry to interrupt you say more um uh just wanted to let you know that the scholarships are also open to undocumented people so doesn't matter your status here in this country you, you can apply all right, all right well i mean see there you go that now even more people are able to apply just in case you thought oh man i need papers nah nah bro you could just go ahead she's not even asking for your citizenship status see way easy <laughs> way easy um well uh, i'm gonna let you go but before i let you go you know i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm cheat i'm gonna cheat a little bit i'm gonna ask you a question but it's two questions in one all right okay. so because i i don't want to lie to you all right so okay the 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 two questions are like what keeps you going like what keeps you going when times are tough mm -hmm. all right and, and the the second question is um no never mind just just answer that one for now for now okay what keeps me going when times are tough 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> An easy answer for you to give you some love. My mom. Okay. That is my support system. Every time I hard time, I yo soy una chiona. I will cry every single day. I don't matter what. <laughs> uh, so every time hard or tough, every time I go to hardship or like I, I'm tired of whatever, any obstacle that I come, the first person who I will come in is my mom. And her support, her words and everything will keep me going. And just know that I have her support no matter what. She will support me even if I said like, oh, me voy a tirar de presidenta. Can, like, I don't know what the heck I'm going <laughs> to You know, she will be like, I support you. You know, um, so having the support system of my mom is the one that keeps me going. And of course, um, not only my mom, of course, God uh, and the whole community. Man, that's a lot of pressure you took on the whole community i took yeah. out you know what like i took out the whole wilmington like when i started the <laughs> podcast i took out wilmington you know what so so you know you took out a whole nation you know a whole central america yeah. <laughs> i took you know out what a, it's not <laughs> i took a group when of people know. like a, a city that nobody knows about that much and you know you took out nations over here no but you know what it's like <laughs> you know what it's it's just sometimes um as a you know having a podcast sometimes there's days that you don't have what episode to come out you know you're like you're stuck in something you don't know what to write or where who to contact with you feel like pressured that you need to come out with content and stuff like that and an email saying hey i really love how you're doing thank you for so much it just it's just another boost of continue yeah. doing it yeah 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 and well see i you know why i didn't ask you a second question because i forgot it but i remember what the second question was <laughs> it's um well fuck i just forgot it again uh. <laughs> oh no no i remember i remember yeah. now. so what advice can you give anybody you know anybody wherever you're in life or whatever mm. you're at in your mind right now wherever you're you know your head is at what advice can you give to people, you know, to the listeners, whether it be personal, whether it be to take a chance on themselves, you know, what, what advice can you give to them? Um, okay. So what I can say to people is that, first of all, I know uh, self, you know, imposter syndrome, is imposter, blah, blah, blah. imposter syndrome does take a toll on you, no matter what you're doing, but just do it just do it honestly like just like the, the the nike log just do it do it you think that one time will only be like one supporter only one customer only one thing just do it do what it makes you happy do what your heart is telling you to do um do not just wait and then years later we're like oh what could have been if i would have started don't be don't live in that what could have been just do it and see what will come out of that well, I couldn't have gave a better advice myself, even if I tried. And I'm not going to try, all right? So we're going to leave it at that. Um, well, I don't know if I missed anything. If um, if I did, this is the time to address it. So did I miss anything? No, I think you, you covered everything. All right, all right, that's good. That's good. So before we go, let people know where they could find you, where they could find me, your website, your Instagram, your personal account your business account, your homies okay. account, your boyfriend's account. Let people know where they could contact you and what's the best way to do that. 
So, I mean, you can follow my podcast as Sentam Voices Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter as a Sentam Voices Pod. Uh, the website is www.centralamericanvoices.com. Uh, you can also apply there. There's like a bunch of resources and everything. Uh, there you can also, you know, purchase a merch if you want like to support the podcast. Uh, for my photography uh, is litlensphoto.com that's the website and the instagram is litlens.photo and then my personal instagram is al with two a kiros <laughs> it's just really funny to say it like that but yeah it's just al kiros but double a uh that's my personal instagram you can reach out to any of them through the m email or anything i'm always there It's just that sometimes I miss my the DMs like I missed yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get into it on the intro. Like I don't have time to get into it on now, but I commend you for what you're doing. You're doing, I mean, like I said, you're taking a whole nation in your back. I'm only taking a city, and you know, it's it's all right. It's you know, it, it takes the toll on me. And you know, for you to be taking Honduras, Nicaragua, you know, El Salvador, everybody, you know, on your back. I don't know how you're doing it, but I do applaud that you're doing it and make sure you go support her. Make sure, make sure you add it by her merch and do whatever you guys can, you know, and, you know, a share is a means a lot to us, you know, mm -hmm. just a simple share because you know, people and they might be able to connect with this. So please do that. Share our pages and make sure you go give her a follow. Yeah. All right. That's it for me. Uh, don't go anywhere. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to end the recording. Uh, but all right, guys. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening, and I'm going to talk to you guys in a bit. You know I can't shut up, so you already know I'm going to talk to you guys, right? And I'm back, so thank you, Alejandra, for coming on. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you go follow her podcast at Say... I have a hard time saying this because it's not spelled out. It's basically Central American Voices. Um, that's how, if you look that up, you'll be able to find it, but if you look up C-E-N-T-A-M v-o-i-c-s podcast that's where you can find podcast and if you want to check out her personal account you can find that at a-a-l-q-u-i-r-o-z and if you're interested in checking out her photography you can find that at l-i-d-v-e-t-h-s photo and yeah so thank you guys for listening thank you guys for you know being a part of this week's episode i really appreciate you guys you know just checking it out and giving Alejandra an opportunity to you know tell you guys what she's passionate about and make sure you go take advantage of her scholarship there are some requirements so make sure you go go to her podcast account on her instagram account and all this information is available on the intro or actually on the description so you know just click on the link on either wherever you listen to The, the, our Instagram, our Facebook account, or even if you're on a Spotify or iTunes, go check out the, the description and you can check out her website and it tells you more about herself, about her photography. And yeah, so make sure you go give her a shout out, give her a support as much as you can. And like I mentioned earlier, that scholarship, you know, not a lot of people are doing scholarships that are super easy to obtain. So take advantage that she's offering the scholarship. So yeah, that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening and please go leave a fast review on iTunes. Please go to Spotify and leave five stars and recommend the podcast with your friends, with your family, with whoever, whenever, however, 
yeah so yeah i think that's it for me thank you guys for listening and as always thank you guys for letting me be part of day i guess the next time i'll see ya bye <laughs>